events for breakfast, your go-to guide for advice, top tips and events industry insights. My podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest information and expand your events expertise. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Events for Breakfast podcast. I'm Kelly Frew, your podcast host, and this is the penultimate episode of season two. How on earth have we got here, hey? It's been a fantastic journey through season two and we'll be talking more about the highlights next week. But this week we've got such an amazing guest which I can't wait to share with you. However, before we get into that detail, I have a fantastic watch out for you this week. Now, if you listen back to these podcasts and you stumble across this episode in a couple of months time, I apologize because sometimes the watch outs are date related. So my watch out for this week is UK based, but I'm sure you'd be able to watch it and stream it online wherever you are around the world. And that is the Make Events Show. So on Friday the 26th of March, Holly Moore will be joined by Gethin Jones as a host and they will be hosting a fantastic afternoon of events online. Some of their guests that they have got are truly spectacular. So again, this is pretty UK based, but I'm sure you will recognise some of these names if you are worldwide. So we've got Denise Van Outen, we've got Vernon Kay, we've got Dr. Ranj Singh, and we've also got lots and lots of panellists from across the events profs community. And they will be doing lots of discussions all around events. So get yourself on the Make Events website, get yourself signed up, and I apologise now if you are listening back. So coming on to this week's episode, I am so excited for this episode because I believe it's a topic that everybody really needs to think about. No matter where you are in events, no matter what stage you are in your career, we should be thinking about strategy or event strategy. Why is it important? Well, we shouldn't be doing events unless we really understand what the strategy or the objectives and the takeaways are from the event. What do we want our people to think and feel who are attending? What do our stakeholders want out of it? What's the bigger picture? Why are we putting this event on and where does it sit on an overarching campaign? So the importance of strategy and partnerships, so partnerships as well, partnerships are growing in events and you know as events profs we've been collaborating, we've been building our own partnerships in the past year really successfully actually and partnerships can really elevate your event and we're going to just talk all through that and understand it in a bit more detail. And I'm going to be joined by Kira Miles who is the Director of Strategic Partnerships and Events for Archant. Archant are real leaders in bringing communities together through print, through online and through live communities. So I know you're going to enjoy this episode. How about getting yourself a cup of tea, sit yourself down and enjoy. I'll catch up with you at the end. Kieran, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today. Thank you for having me. I, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful to, to have the opportunity to share that share a, a space on the podcast. I've, I mean, I've seen obviously and listened to uh, the episodes you've had in the past. And uh, yeah, I'm just very grateful for the opportunity. Well, I know the listeners are going to love your story and we're going to cover some topics that I don't think we've covered yet in the podcast. But first, before we delve into it a little bit more, would you mind just telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and, and how you got with, um, involved in the events industry? 
Sure. Okay. So um, uh, my current title is uh, Director of uh, Strategic Partnerships and Events for uh, the publisher Archon. So we have um, approximately 140 magazine, newspaper, digital and event brands across the UK. Uh, our events department specifically uh, hosts at this stage approximately 250 plus events every year. Wow. Um, and they range from hiring out the Olympia for our French property show with 70,000 people in attendance all the way through to um, a meet the editor of your local newspaper with maybe 20, 24 people attending in a kind of a, a sort of a, like a town hall type of yeah. discussion meeting. So it's, it's very vast and broad. My, my personal experience, uh, I guess, bringing me to the, to the role or certainly within the event space. When I was, when I was 17, um, I guess as an entrepreneurial kid, I was hosting live music events and parties, hiring out nightclubs and venues and filling it with, you know, students um, to, to, you know, just to, to, I just love the scene, I guess. Um, I moved from there into more multimedia. So we had uh, moved into a radio business where we had radio stations across the country and with that, there were things from obviously radio station launch parties all the way through to your kind of Christmas events, your uh, music launches, your like a single and album launch, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I always enjoyed the theatre of and the yeah. entertainment element of it. Beyond there, I then got into uh, consultancy for a number of clients and throughout there, there were many, many sort of events specifically around uh, like social media activation events through to uh, property specific events. If we were launching venues, if we were launching, you know, it kind of, yeah, continues. Um, then I got into the world of fashion and uh, garment manufacturer and nice. uh, the company uh, that I, uh, that, that, that specifically I, I kind of have worked with or, or um, I, I, I have is, um, made team gb's kit so we launched a, a team gb kit which Wonderful. was another crazy experience for the gb climbing team and yeah i guess then i ended up at, at, at archon um with a, a big vision totally bought into what the company is about to do and how they're changing the local media out, out kind of outlook yeah. um and it's a great op opportunity for hopefully me to add some value to their you know their their vision and and, and um and, and their objectives what a great journey. And what I love about that is the fact that, you know, you've worked in lots of different industries and you've just touched on lots of different industries and, and um, companies that you've worked for there. And all of them have events and campaigns thread through them that brings them to live and shows people what that company is about, which I absolutely love. And I'm really interested to know from an events perspective in particular, what is it that inspires you in events? What, you know, what makes you jump out of bed in the morning and think I'm going to really smash today? It's, it's the, I think it's, it, it must be the, the experience. I yeah. think that's probably for me. I, 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 I rarely, I guess I'm probably uh, more of a creative event person than I am a, an event manager. If you, yeah, the got. logistics I, and operation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I find it entertaining and I like it and I enjoy seeing those things to come together. But my, and I'm, I'm sure my team would probably um, back me up on this. I am the, I've heard this piece of music. We we must run an event to this, or yeah. I've smelt this thing, and I think this would be an incredible experience at this event time. So I guess I get a lot of fulfillment personally uh, out of that kind of creative piece, rather than the um, 
yeah rather than the the kind of more logistical and therefore that's probably what i'd say is 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 inspiring to me every single day i just think how can we lift something that maybe is has always been done this way and how do we reframe it how do we re-experience it and do you know what we need i'm i delve into both i can be very very creative and be that person of the you know the i call it the yellow thinker the the mm. fluffy stuff um <laughs> and then i can be very operational as well and at the bbc we had both types of people and and lots of creative directors at the bbc were very much like you it's like oh i've heard this and i want and what i want to have is like singing penguins and this yes. and that and then it's like okay <laughs> operational people make it happen <laughs> and you do need both types of people don't you in events yeah, definitely <laughs> definitely yeah it goes without saying that as much as i can have all of the creative ideas in the world and i can come up with all of the singing penguins and everything yeah. else they would not happen without the team that that kind of i fortunately have around me that that can realize these ideas yeah um, and that can see what we're trying to do it's a collaborative effort and yeah i could be the create, most creative person in the world but without everybody else it's it's just another idea in a book Absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to stick up for the logistical operational people here Definitely. because, you know, we, we have to keep I say we because I, I like I say I go between the two. But, you know, the operational people are the people that hold the purse strings and go, hang on, Kieran, you know, this is yeah. how much money we've got. We haven't got yeah. a million pounds to make this happen. We're not going to get those singing penguins. <laughs> yeah, I hear that a lot, actually. I yeah. hear have you checked the, the, check the P&L? exactly now your roles that are you know within you know is, is all around strategy and it's yeah. all around you know business development and it's all around you know um working with partners which we'll come on to very shortly but i'm interested about the fact that you've worked in both b2b and b2c and i'm assuming Argent do that don't they both b2b and b2c events um and i don't know if my listeners might understand what b2b and b2c is and the differences so uh, you look after both how do you plan your calendar strategically to cover both and balance both sides of the b2b and b2c okay so specifically with within Archon, we have a i guess there's a number of dynamics because of course we have um we have readers as well yeah. as we have um, customers and suppliers and we have a number of stakeholders i guess yeah um that actually cross over and overlap so some of our clients and might receive a b2b experience but at the same time would would probably also fall into a b2c experience of course um, so there are there are there is a lot of overlap which we are very conscious of um and that's throughout the business and that's not just within within events so our experiences uh, as a as a client or as a reader are tailored towards that um because we are community focused and a community first yeah and that could be a community in terms of locale or it could be a community in terms of specialist uh, interest um say our magazine portfolio to, 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 for an example, our, as I mentioned, the kind of French property side of things, you know, everybody, that community is about the interest. Um, yeah. So, so we, you know, we, we focus very differently um, on, on how we embed community and how we reach community. So with that in mind, in that context there, in terms of the strategy behind that, we have some very core um, and key pillars that guide our content uh, strategy as a business. Yeah. And also our commercial strategy as a business. And then as a sub tool of those sorts of things, we then have the individual strategies which link into, OK, uh, how are we going to engage this subset of um, readers in X mixed with this this set of uh, clients in Y? Yeah. Um, and then specifically on the delivery function of that, um, 
everything of course is is sort of kpi'd around the value we can bring to customers yeah rather than the the value we can extract from the community if that makes sense and i think yeah. they do very different things we're not necessarily driven by um the of course there's there are there's commercial targets of course but we're not driven by and certainly my role isn't driven by um trying to extract my uh my role is driven by trying to input so everything we do is about assessing challenges assessing problems assessing uh, assessing opportunities and how do we then add value from auction how do we add value from our our publications how do we add value from our titles or brands to um you know bring about those experiences or to um create unique opportunities for people within those communities so I think there's a long-winded and possibly a little bit of a blurry way of answering that question, but there are a number of layers to it. So I'm hoping you can maybe appreciate that it's uh, it possibly isn't just as clean cut as uh, we'll do this one here and do that one there type of thing. No, that's it. And what, what I get from that as well is the fact that you might get a, a guest or a consumer that joins in one event that you might think about their journey. What, what else can I offer them? What, where else can I take them within the sort of portfolio of events that um, that you offer? And is that something you look at? You look at cultivating those relationships with certain people or certain groups of people to see how you can develop it and, and ex- expand the experience for them? 100%. So yeah. We, op- we operate, as I say, if, if we look at, say, our news pop- one of our newspaper propositions, so I'll, I'll yeah. take that as an example. Um, so if you take one of our newspaper propositions that um, is in a local area, I'll take Norwich for argument's sake, our kind of, or Norfolk, uh, we have a business awards in, in Norfolk, which yeah. is the, the, the kind of prestigious business awards, which is headed up by the, the, the local paper. Uh, we know that businesses that enter the business awards uh, so would appear on paper then as a as a kind of a reader experience. They would yeah. be they'd be going on a reader journey. Um, are also in some cases a supplier or a client of uh, of of Archon and of the group. Um, and therefore, there's a there's an overlapping dynamic straight away there. The same way as people that attend that event are likely to be readers of the local paper as well as potential suppliers of the local paper or partners of the local paper. So again, there's a there's a kind of a, a flip. The same way as those those same set of people, because in those in in smaller communities, also then might head over to the local um, the next door region, Suffolk. Yeah. And they may have sister companies or sister offices, and they are also then clients of a different set of papers, a different set of products. So we're very we're very aware of actually the communities that people operate in, and ensuring yeah. that they. They don't feel sold to. They don't feel um, engaged in anything other than a genuine and authentic experience, which, yeah. as I say, to go back to, is adding value to, you know, the community they operate in, the business that they run, the the kind of experience that they expect from from their kind of local paper or their local brand. So, we monitor it. We're yeah. aware of it. We engage with it. But it, again, it kind of comes down to what what can we do to add value to their to their life, their community, their business, you know, how can we be a part of making them better? And I love that. And especially in the past year, when we think about the pandemic, communities have become so important, haven't they? So you are you are supporting these communities and in, in still engaging with each other, having a touch point for them to become feel like they're not alone and not isolated in their own homes, as we have done in the last sort of past year. So I do I do love that. When, I, when you think about your annual calendar, for example, and you are working with these different communities that you may be cross 
cross blending into different events and things and you're thinking about new events that you might bring on do you listen to your people do you listen to people that are coming to your um to your events and if they want something new would you consider putting that on and, and what factors do you think about when you decide to put a new event within your calendar absolutely um I, even if it's really random the meeting that I had just before I came onto this call yeah. was um in, in, within one of our titles uh in um yeah well, in in the south of the UK we had a, a client call up and say you know we really believe that this specific uh, um event should happen and we really want to see this we're you know we don't see it in the market at the moment yeah they're contacting their local publication and obviously it filters in through um so tomorrow we're having a follow-up meeting with that exact same client about how do we engage the rest of the business and it isn't just me as the uh, you know, is, is kind of the head of the uh, the partnerships and events yeah. is commercial leads, it's content leads, it's there's, you know, I think there's maybe five or 10 people in that meeting of a level which can now go and action things. So, um, yeah, to your point, we always listen, we're yeah. always listening, we're always open. And then when it comes to implementing that in our calendar, it is just a case of considering, of course, the, the, the value we can bring. So first of all, are we doing this for the right reason? And can we bring the type of value that we we should be able to bring or we could be able to bring yeah then there is a there's a commercial element to that yeah. so are we able to add the value in a way in which makes it sustainable because yeah. you know that's that's a fundamental part what we don't want to do is is mismanage expectations so we need to ensure that there's that there and then it comes down to actually you know what is the best fit for either um you know the, those key stakeholders the publication the reader the community etc so um, we're always very open to it. We're always doing it. We're always surveying. We're always going out to clients. We're always asking uh, readers. We're we're listening to the community. Of course, we're in a very, um, I guess, a unique position where we have editors of newspapers and magazines that are in touch all the time with the local community. Yes. So when they yeah. hear something on the ground, it feeds into to, to I guess to to us at behind the scenes that then action those things and make them into reality. Um, That's brilliant. So so yeah, in a, the shorter answer to your question is yes, absolutely we do. Yeah, definitely. And you'd expect that from what your your company are about. Definitely, you have to listen to your people because, like you say, communities want to be listened to. They want to feel like they're being heard and that you know that you are delivering something that they, that they want. So, I'm interested to hear about the the past year for you in terms of for the business. Um, I imagine that you have sponsorship packages and there are ticket prices and that commercial element of things. And you know, I, I've spoken to people in the exhibition world, for example, that are really struggling to build sponsorship packages, for example for their you know their key clients right now and and making sure that they're getting value for money and the return on investment as we've moved to virtual for the past sort of year I know we might be coming out of that towards the end of this year but have you guys really had to look at what you are offering and, and making sure that you're giving value for money and pivot in certain areas I think the short answer is yes absolutely yeah we did but I think we were it's worth noting that we were already in a state of change anyway okay. yeah um, I think what what COVID allowed to happen was the acceleration of that. Brilliant. So we were already in a process of reassessing the value that we were offering. We we're already in the process of understanding how do we uh, change some of the things that we were offering specifically in events. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously that then filters into the sponsorship packages and, and sort of the rest of the content, et cetera. But um, I guess a, a slightly more expansive version of that question or, or an answer to that question is, um, we have as a business, of course, like everybody else, um, faced the challenges of 
the global pandemic, yeah. from a, a consumer behavior change, from a, uh, a, a, a the shutdown, uh, the lockdown, the you know the, the the kind of restrictions, the regulatory changes, um, and as a result of that, we have uh, we've initiated digital only events, we've initiated hybrid events, we've initiated. Um, plans for 2021 2022 which incorporate th all three parts virtual fully virtual yeah. um hybrid and fully physical so yeah. we we've taken a view that our events going back to the experience piece form one part of our overall experience yeah and the physical the physical element the whether that is digital um hybrid or, or kind of live if you will forms one part of the offering and the value that we bring to those communities and therefore we've reframed the way that we think about that to ensure that when we are having conversations with sponsors when we are having conversations with partners when we are having conversation with readers or stakeholders that everybody can see in a 360 type of way that the value we create is not is not absolutely linked to four hours on a Thursday in November. You Agree. Know, yeah. We needed to think differently. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it's been amplified and accelerated by, by COVID and the global pandemic. Yeah. But it's it was something that was coming. Yeah. And I must admit, it's been well received. And we are we're not in a position where we're we're chasing for sort of 2021, 2022. We're 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 finding inbound is 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 actually the volume is pretty good. So it's amazing um, yeah, and uh, like it, it needed a shake-up you're absolutely right the event you know the event side of things needed a shake-up and you know we are all living very busy different lives in pre-covid we were living very busy very different lives in terms of our time was very precious to us so you know looking at ways to offer a, a, an elongated um, experience around on demand or some pre-stuff or pieces which are virtual and then pieces which can be in person was always something we really needed to look at. And I think consumer behavior has completely changed now and we will expect that for always for the future, won't we? Yeah. It won't always be that live event. You know, I, I might not want to fly to Singapore, for example, to go to an exhibition. I might want to just be able to log on and be able to do it virtually and join in that way. And I think that going forward, our consumers will expect that from us as, as yeah. deliverers. Absolutely will. Absolutely they will. And, 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 and I think we as uh, as event uh, organizers event creatives managers logistics you know we we our expectation of ourselves and the industry should change as well and we yeah i, I guess i don't know you've probably found the same you, sometimes i i feel you can go to a you could go to an event in one part of the country and go uh, you know a year later go to a similar event that, but it feels exactly the same just yes. with a different logo or yeah. just with it you know in a different county and you would have no idea realistically that you know it's the same check-in it's yeah, the same three that's it. it's, you know do you know what I mean yeah definitely you do sound like someone to me that is, is really trying to shake things up anyway and, and think differently which is great um I wonder if you could share anything with us that you're very excited about from our for art and for the sort of next 12 months that might be slightly different to a, a different approach to working well, I'm glad you said that and I and I kind of my, my feeling is this, uh, I guess, I, I want to try and leave this better than I found it. Yeah. And that's not to say that it was bad when I found it, but it's yeah. to say, you know, what value can I bring with my set of skills or my perspective? 
Um, and I look more broadly at the event space and the events industry, and I see that there are extremes of really incredible, incredible events, which either one go unnoticed or are uber exclusive and, and, yeah. and don't then transcend all of those maybe smaller events with smaller budgets, et cetera, et cetera. Because as I say, we've got events with big budgets, but yeah. we've also got events with very, very tiny budgets where we too are thinking, well, how are we even going to make this add up? Like, yeah. <laughs> we can't do that um so to go back to your kind of PL point or the PL point earlier but i guess my point is that what i want to be able to what i want to be able to do over the next 12 months is i want to absolutely set a new standard for the industry to say yeah. we we can do this coming out of a pandemic when we when we you know effectively shut down the industry you know well not we but the, the industry yeah. was shut down <laughs> we can come out reframe it rechange it we can we can we can focus very differently we need to inspire a new generation of event managers event creators event professionals Agreed. in a way in which says to them you know i know there are people in this industry that have always seen it this way and always going to do it this way but you don't need to yeah you know we need your views on globalization digitization sustainability we need your views on how do we how do we rethink the industry how do we rethink and reshape your typical awards evening your typical um sit down uh, breakfast club your typical uh, conference exhibition you know how do we rethink them yeah so without giving you any absolute specifics and if anybody is interested i would say do try and follow Archant, do try and follow yeah. you know our um our award portfolio our event portfolio do connect on linkedin so you can see what's happening um because slowly but surely we're gonna un we're gonna unravel and unleash these kind of changes which are happening which some of them are very risky yeah okay some of them are yeah. very risky but that's how growth comes growth comes in in, in, in you know when you exit your comfort zone and yeah. if the industry doesn't feel like you know if the industry wants to go back to the comfort zone then i tell you what we're at risk again and certainly for arch and certainly for my, my team we aren't going there we are we realize we're in the risky zone and we're going to go even riskier because we need to grow oh the listeners will love this and i'll tell you about two reasons the listeners are, i have a lot of graduates and a lot of students that listen to this and sometimes i think they feel that they have to follow suit in terms of you know look at their peers look at their seniors and then look at what they're doing and just follow and copy that and i i'm a mentor within the industry and i'm i say rip that up absolutely yeah. rip it up you know they have got the best new ideas out there and new ways of doing things and i want them to to shout about it and i want them to question and i want them to think of new ways of doing it definitely so we're not just still doing that awards evening that is sitting there and we've got 35 awards and and you're still clapping 50 minutes later because the, the ne <laughs> next person's Thank coming you. i want people to do it yeah. differently definitely um so yeah i absolutely love that um my question i really want i want to come back to strategy for a moment because i want a couple of tips for, for for the listeners around strategy about thinking about your events but i want to come into partnerships because that's another really key part of your role now, um, I'm fortunate in one of the um, events that I'm working on at the moment, we've got a couple of really big name brand partners that we're working on for it. And it is elevating the experience. The experience that I deliver for this event is going to be elevated because of the brand partners that I'm working up with. And I can't name them right now, but we will hear about them soon. I will share it on the podcast. So talk to me about a talk to me about a part, you know, a, a good partnership. What does that do for an event or a campaign or a marketing campaign? What does it provide? A great, a great, I'm going to use, I'm going to use a similar phrase. So forgive me for really 
um, sort of uh, egging it on today, but a great partnership is one where there is mutual value. Yeah. I think often people go into a partnership thinking, you know, I've got this, I've got that, this is me, my stall is here, I need this brand to do this, which is going to make my thing seem shinier. Yeah. You know, and that's going to be great. And we then approach another person, whether it be a brand or an organization, whatever it is, and we say, we try, we, we try and really show, you know, like you need to be associated with this because, you know, this is going to be great for you because, because, um, um, because we've got this shiny thing or we've got that, or we, I guess my point being, which maybe I'm not, I'm not communicating very well is that the conversations around partnerships should start from the basis of, we don't really know if this is going to work. Yeah. My view. That's kind of how I always approach it. Yeah. You know, I don't know if this is the right way, but this is how I've always done it. But I would love to see if we could make something work. And they are, that's a very different conversation to me saying, I've got this wonderful thing. Your brand needs to be associated with it. Yes. I might really want them to be associated with it. But if I approach it in that, that, that selfish sense, then we're never really going to create something that has our full potential. And I'm all about game changing. I'm all about legacy leaving. I'm all about really pushing the boundaries. And therefore, if you want to do that, you have to do that with others. You have to collaborate. You know, yeah. you have to see the world from a shared perspective. So my, my, I guess my view on partnerships is always that they do strengthen your proposition, but you can also strengthen theirs. And also yeah. together, you could create something that you both didn't know ex even existed as part of it. Yeah, agree. Yeah, something new could evolve from it, couldn't it? But and I, I, I like the idea that you go in there going, this could work. You know, let's have a conversation about it first. Let's see where your values lie and your objectives, and, and let's see if they align with what we're trying to achieve too. Because I think a bad, well, not a bad partnership, a partnership that won't work is one that where your values are completely different and on a completely different spectrum. Because that's when you start to clash. You have to find some sort of synergy. I think that you know, that feels natural and authentic from both sides really to make it work definitely 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 that authenticity is and that 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 kind of um that organic process is so yeah. important if you want to if for me anyway that's the way i treat it if you want a long-term relationship with a lot of value in it then it has to be organic has to be natural has to be authentic and, and i'm coming back to strategy now just to bring that into your partnerships when you're thinking about partners and partnerships that you might and collaborations that you might work with do you do you go from it from a strategy point of view or is it shooting from the hip and going oh these would be amazing to be the face of this I, you know i mean i'm I, I like to think about strategy differently i like to take a step back and think of the longevity of it and go where where might this grow to where might this start it's not just a one-off how do you tackle that that process i think personally um my, my view and potentially it's because it's more of i guess an entrepreneurial view um i always i i always have in mind as, or as the vision starts to to build yeah and those, those creative things start to form into something a bit more malleable i i know that i will then start to imagine what it would be like with said brand said partner said you know and that would yeah. probably be a specific or certainly a more kind of industry specific so as an example um we i don't know it could be we serve a lot of champagne at, at, at some of our awards of course yeah. so a champagne industry partner might be really cool yeah you know um i'm not saying a specific i'm just saying it might, might be quite cool as a discussion I don't really know what that looks like. They might not be interested. 
Um, I don't know if there's any value because of course we're going to buy it anyway. So what are they going to get from it? Yeah. But the whole idea is then saying, well, let's have an open conversation. Um, let's see then what happens and goes into that kind of second stage. So from a strategic perspective, once that creative element starts to form yeah um and there are there are kind of specific key authentic drivers behind some of those conversations i will naturally start to pick industries or pick brands and at that point we'll then make make approaches and at that point we'll then start to have those open conversations but i'm never afraid if it doesn't work as well and i think yeah. that's probably the big thing often people have this fear that i won't approach that brand because what if they say no or i won't approach this idea because i might put six weeks worth of work in and it doesn't happen i mean yeah, I, I really am not afraid of any of that type of stuff. So I think that kind of open and authentic perspectives of things really helps. And that's probably what I, I'd encourage your kind of listeners to sort of think about as well. Yeah, it's taking the you've got to take a few risks in life, haven't you? You know, you've got to you've got to open yourself up to to failing, I suppose. And, you know, you, because great things don't come from doing the same thing every single day. You know, we've got to challenge ourselves. And, yeah. and that's in business and personally, isn't it? And. Um, I'm going to start to wrap it up now, but before we do, strategy. So there's a lot of talk around event strategy. I'm just, I'm going to focus on events and event strategy. You know, as an event manager, you might be in a business where you're asked to put on an event and then you just deliver it. You find that you decide on a creative um, and you decide on what the operations and logistics are around that. But really, when we are looking at an event, the strategy of an event and the why of an event is really important to me. Um, do you agree? What sort of, and when you're thinking about delivering an event, does it always come back to the strategy behind it? I absolutely agree. And I think my view is that it comes back to the value. Um, yes. Yeah. So I always, I always link it back to what is the value we are able to bring here? Yeah. Um, and if we can't add any value, and if we can't add anything to the world, if we can't improve in some way, then we do need to rethink whatever that strategic approach might be. Yeah. Um, and and, uh, and I guess that links into the very first sort of thing we were talking about around experience, because the experience, whether it be online, hybrid, fully physical, uh, you know, live, uh, uh, sit down meal, a uh, kind of a, a networking, whatever it might be, a launch, et cetera. All of that is irrelevant if we aren't adding value, if we yeah. aren't strategically looking at, you know, what do we bring across across the, you know, however many events, hundreds of events or whatever that happen every year, you know, what are we, what are we actually bringing to the world? Yeah. Um, because like if not, that. by the very nature of not bringing something, you must be, you must be taking something. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and Kieran, I, I think you've got a bit of an um, inspirational sort of head on you. And I'm really interested to hear, like, and I'm putting you on the spot now, but <laughs> talk to me about, there's a wrap up, one, one event that, or experience that you've experienced yourself in your life that you absolutely remember. And why do you remember it? Wow. Okay. Um, is it an event that I have put on? Or, or it just could be, or it could be one that you've been to. Yeah, just, just one that's really inspired you to think differently or, or work differently or, yeah, just something that you're taking away. Gosh, that is really putting me on the spot. It um, is. Especially, I mean, I, yeah, I guess I'm one of those guys that kind of sponges around. Like, I, I'll go around and I'll, I'll, I'll listen to the intro music here and I think, oh, my gosh, this is, like, I want to cry. And then I, I'll go over here and I think, this food is amazing. And this, you know, I want to take from that. So pinpointing it to one event I think is really really difficult um I think what I I mean it's 
I guess one of the most awe-inspiring events was, of course, launching a, a, a GB kit. Um, pretty much. My, my journey <laughs> was pretty, pretty exciting, um, especially because I had no idea, you know, what, what really, you know, was the protocol and what, you know, it was just such an amazing experience in that. But, I, but I, again, I think, I, you know, to link it back a bit further, I, oh gosh, um, we have we hold so Archon holds a mental health um uh, mental health day across our titles and publications yeah mental health is something that I'm incredibly passionate about and the, both the, in the sense of talking about it and, and the provisions and encouraging more yeah and we had an event uh, probably uh, I don't know where, what, which month are we now March um yeah. so uh it was last March and we had an event which I can't remember something like 900 um attendants virtually um that inspired then another I think six other titles to then pick up this event which um it's kind of continued to grow but the point the point I was getting at was that um what what I see with those types of events and why they inspire me is because you can see the tangible benefit to people's lives yeah and the feedback we received from that event which was a four-hour event which was life you know you changed my life you've allowed me to kind of you know you've you've given me help or this is you know I'm so grateful for that or thank you for putting us in contact with I love this content all that kind of stuff on a subject like that for me is the kind of stuff that makes me say right how do we do this now bigger better how do we improve it how do we help more people's lives how do we open this up to more people how do we yeah like so so yeah on a I guess on a two levels I guess that's that's probably um I mean, that resonates. Absolutely. You know, that's something where you have built a community that are talking to each other and they feel like they're absolutely getting something out of it. And you've delivered that you're helping them um, hopefully get something out of it for their to hopefully better their lives or make adjustments within their lives and feel like they're not alone, I imagine. So it's it's a pretty impactful thing to be part of, isn't it? Definitely. 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 definitely, Absolutely. No, thank you. And uh, again, I'm I'm guessing you're wrapping up now. So I am, before, but I do. You do go on, go, yeah, go well? for it. <laughs> I just say, like I just, I just want to kind of reiterate because I appreciate my team might also watch this. That yeah, um, you know, I am so grateful for everybody within Auction, everybody within the commercial teams, the content teams, and sort of beyond. But of course, for the event, the, the event team that this year have gone through the mill, like yeah. everybody in the industry, but have absolutely continued with the same ferocity of life. Um, the same curiosity, the same um, uh, kind of unwavering uh, support to some of my creative ideas that uh, all of this would not be possible without without the wider team and of course them specifically. So, um, you know, it would be unfair of me to be on here and have this stage without recognizing, you know, everybody that that, that makes this a reality. So um, I wanted to I wanted to say that and hopefully your listeners and and uh, and all of the students and graduates out there that are, are kind of considering a, a career yeah um, we are recruiting uh, we'll be recruiting sort of later on this year even more so wow um, good news and everybody that's kind of um thinking about this industry i say just just stick with it you know yeah. just stick with it just keep going be creative reach out learn try things fail fall over fail again you know keep 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 going um but, but be authentic and be true to yourself because there, there are opportunities out there and we're, we're excited about it. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. And of course, thank you to you for having me. I'm really grateful. Oh, Genuinely, no. I really am grateful. 
No, it's been wonderful to talk. But I need to know more about your events team now. How many are they all in in Norfolk? How many have you got? Yeah, no, we, we are we are in Norfolk, um, and uh, we we're only a, we're it's only a small team at the moment, yeah. um, because of, of 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 course you know yeah. things have, have have gone on, um, but everybody everybody comes with a different everyone comes with a different perspective on. I guess, as we were talking about earlier in terms of, um, you know, the different views and, and kind of more logistical, more yeah. creative, digital, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, just with, without without them, this wouldn't be, you know, this wouldn't be possible. But then as in Archon, we have, you know, our teams overlap and overlap again. Yes. So we, have, yeah. we have a number of departments that can do different things. So yeah. without those as well, without our design teams and our video teams and our, uh, editorial teams and our editors and our journalists and, our, you know, it goes on and the commercial yes. needs that make it happen, you know, that it's, yeah, we are just one small cog in the bigger picture, but we're very grateful for, for you know, to be, a, a, to be a part of that. Yeah, and what a year, hey, for everyone to have gone through. So, yeah, your team is still there. So a big shout out to your wonderful team, whoever they are, across all those different departments. Yeah, now, yeah. before I do wrap up though, Kieran, I think people are going to want to um, get in touch with you. I think you're an interesting character and people are going to have questions. So where can we direct them? Are you on social media or, or is there any way that they can get in touch with you? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, feel free to follow me on Instagram um, or follow me on LinkedIn um, or on Twitter. My handle is uh, a LinkedIn is just Kieran Miles, which I'm sure you'll you'll see in the in the um, description here, uh, or it's Kieran underscore Miles or Kieran underscore Miles underscore something like that. So you know it's it it'll, it's pretty easy. Um, and then if you want to have a phone call or a um, a Teams call or uh, you know you want to send an email through, then you know my my email address is available online as well. Um, at, I'm, I'm, my door's open. My door is absolutely open to any questions. Um, to, to any support we do work experience from you know internships I believe and you know all sorts of stuff so please ask um and if yeah if I can be of value I absolutely will fantastic when you do start recruiting please do let me know and I will obviously shout about it on all of our podcast um, on, no, things as well because grateful. yeah we've all got to help and support each other through this Kieran this has been amazing we will keep in touch and thank you so much no thank you genuinely I'm so grateful for you having me I really appreciate it have a lovely day and you Okay team, what did we think of that? Hands up if you learnt something from Kieran today. What an inspirational guy, hey? He's not somebody to sit back and just churn out the same events, the same campaigns year on year. He absolutely wants to challenge what himself, his team and everyone around him is offering to their communities and I applaud that. So thank you Kieran, I really enjoyed that chat today. And that just about wraps up this week's episode. If you've got any questions, then as usual, please do reach out to me. You can find all my contact details on my website, storymakerevents.com, and you'll find me on all the socials. Don't forget the Events for Breakfast podcast has got its own social handles now on Instagram, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn. So please do join our community. You know I love hearing from you all. So that's it for this week. Take care of yourselves and I will be back next week for the final episode of this season. Lots to share with you then. Until then, take care of yourself. Bye for now.